Let's dig into the word this morning in Titus chapter 2. Titus chapter 2. You can't help but dig into the word of God and see how great and awesome of God that we do have. He's uh, done so much for us. How can we not serve him? Um, Titus chapter 2, starting in verse 11, says, For the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people. Isn't that a mission verse? That's where it really hits, uh, hits me this morning. God's grace has appeared with salvation. Jesus Christ came for all people. He did not just come for the Jews. He came, yes, he was born in Israel. But he came for all peoples. If we flip quickly over to uh, Revelation chapter uh, 7, we'll see that, let's see, Revelation chapter, here we are, 7 verse 9, the Apostle John says, After this I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language, which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, Jesus. They were robed in white with palm branches in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. It's just amazing as we look out throughout our world, there are so many people groups. And one day, they're all going to be before the throne of God, worshiping Him. Will you be there? Have you given your life to Christ? Has He become your Savior? Let's flip back to Titus chapter 2 there. The grace of God. God, in His love and mercy and grace, came down to save you and me and all the tribes and peoples of the world. He came that we might have life, that we might have it more abundantly. That's found in John. We, we look to God because he's the only source of salvation. There is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. God started it all. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. That he did. He created man in his image. Man soon uh, fell into sin in the Garden of Eden. They disobeyed God, and God had to punish them. They, they went into a, a, a um, state of lostness. Uh, separated from God because of their sin, because of our sin. When we lie, when we cheat, when we do things wrong, when we goof things up, that is sin. The Bible calls that very clearly sin. And we will be lost, <laughs> separated from God for eternity if we do not repent and turn to him. Jesus died so that we might have life. God loved us so much. You all know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. All we have to do is believe and obey and follow him, and we get to be a part of God's family again. 
And someday we will spend the eternity with our Lord Jesus Christ. But as you look around your neighborhood, as you look around where you work, in our world we are lost, we are separated from God. Man is going to an eternity without God, to a place called hell, where there will be um, gnashing of teeth and thirst, according to the Bible. It is a place of punishment, originally created only for Satan and his angels who had disobeyed God and separated themselves from our great God. But those who follow Satan in sin and rebellion, doing their own thing, also have to be punished. God deals with sin and God will judge. But it's a great thing that God, in his love and mercy, provided a way that we can come to him. And we must obey our Lord. Is missions a choice? No, it is an act of obedience because God has said, go, and we must go. Let me turn in my notes quickly here. We must go. There is no option. Mark 16, 15 says, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Then say, if you want to make this choice go, it says, go. There is no choice but to obey or disobey. Matthew 28, 18 to 20 makes it very clear. All authority was giving, given to Christ. And then he says, therefore... Go and make disciples of all the nations. He didn't say, if you want to. After you get comfortable, after you have a nice house, an established family, then you must go. No, he does not say that. He says, go and make disciples of every nation. Was Jonah called by God to go deliver a message of repentance to Nineveh? You bet he was. (laughs) Did he have an option? Not really. His uh, option was uh, obey God or should I obey God? (laughs) But he said, let's go the other way. Let's flee for a while. And so he did, and we know the consequences. He ended up on a boat heading the other direction. And God had to deal with him very directly. And I'm sure it wasn't very nice being swallowed by a big fish. (laughs) I was reading yesterday, they found a a 16-foot python uh, down in the Everglades that just swallowed a a full-sized deer. And uh, believe it or not, (laughs) God made these animals to swallow pretty big things. (laughs) And God caused this fish to swallow Jonah Likely he died in there, you know. He's kind of an example of Christ. He's uh, uh, showing what's going to happen to Jesus, you know. On the third day, he comes back and is spit out on the beach. Anyway, we don't know that for sure, but he, he prayed down there. He repented and came back to his senses and followed 
and said, Lord, okay, <laughs> I better go to Nineveh. And he did. Moses, he was called by God to go to Pharaoh. Did he want to go? He really didn't want to go. How about on the mission field? Uh, is it a fun place to go? Uh, I heard, we heard Heather saying, man, Portuguese. I could understand what they're saying, but I really couldn't spit it out. It was tough. And that's how it is. I know for me, even Spanish, one of the easier languages to learn, uh, really it took me like five years to really feel comfortable uh, in the language. Was I speaking it and preaching and teaching? Yes, but really I didn't feel comfortable for about five years. And as you go out into our world, you're going to encounter that there's a lot of languages out there. Is anybody here from Wycliffe Bible Translators that could tell us kind of how many languages are out there? Or maybe Andrew knows. He's a seminary student. <laughs> okay, 7,000 some languages. Isn't that amazing? And you know who created those languages? God did, yeah. Way back at uh, the uh, Tower of Babel, he confounded the languages and people went out and spread across the face of the earth. Because of their sin, God had to do that. So it's really a curse. So when we go into missions, we have to confront the reality. We're going to have to learn another language, most likely. You mean they don't speak English out there? <laughs> it's not the only language? Come on. No, it isn't. We have three beautiful children that are from China that we've adopted into our home. They're great. We just really enjoy having them. They're really special kids. But we've had them in Chinese lessons this last year. And I've been going to those lessons also. You know, there, there's programs on CDs you can get. And you can actually learn Chinese. Can you believe that? Come on, there's only like five tones. It's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's not the worst thing in the world. You could learn Cantonese that has seven tones. <laughs> anyway, we love it. It's uh, such a challenging thing. But God doesn't really, he doesn't give us an option. He says, go. He really does. Most churches today say, well, um, after we pay off our loans, our debts, you know, then we'll do missions. Then we'll have money to send for missions. Other churches say, well, we do have a soup kitchen. We do give away used clothes, you know. We're doing missions on the local level. <laughs> Guys, God says go into all the world and preach the gospel. We don't have an option. There's an urgency. We have billions of people out there now that need Christ. Starla and I were called to go. If we had stayed home, worked a job, bought a house, raised a family, life would have been good, right? No. 
could never have done that. When God says go, just like Jonah, you better go or you don't know what's going to swallow you. (laughs) So it's better to obey. Do we like America? You bet we do. But do we love God more? Yes, we do. The apostles were the sent ones. Jesus had sent them out. And apostle actually means sent ones, I believe, from my Greek class many years ago. And Jesus also sent out 70 as forerunners. You know, Jesus was going to visit different towns and villages. Well, first of all, he sent 70 people out. Luke 10 says, After these things, Luke 10, 1, After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. He sent 70 out. It wasn't just the, the apostles he sent out. He had 70 other little missionaries that he sent out before him to prepare the way, to call the people to repentance. And then when Jesus went in, well, people could respond to the message because they'd been already prepared. Believe it or not, God has prepared people around the world to receive the message The word has gotten out. The message has gone out. God has used different things to bring about that preparing the people for receiving Christ. When the missionary goes there, many times they're, man, wow, I didn't, how could this be? (laughs) God prepared the way for these people to come to know the Lord. If you want a good example of that, read the book, Eternity in Their Hearts. You'll see how God has, in, in many different areas of the world, put, a, put something, a forerunner there. So when the missionary came, they responded to the gospel. Next point. Not only must we go, it's not an option. Secondly, we must die. Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He uses as an example. Wheat, basically, you get the grain, it dies, it's set aside. But if it gets planted in the ground, something happens. The spark of life, God brings about life. The plant grows and produces fruit. In the New Testament, we see that, that God often uses the, uh, the wheat or barley as an example of the believer. And he's telling, uh, telling us here, Just like the grain of wheat that dies, we need to die. Die to ourselves. You know, there's no room for a selfish Christian or selfish missionary. It just doesn't work. They won't last. (laughs) You can't go to be a missionary 
and be, oh, I want to be in paradise. The jungle is so beautiful. Let's go to the beach. Um, no, that's not what it's all about. It's all about giving it away, leaving it behind, leaving it for the dust to collect. This week, we got to go through some of the things we had stored back in the 1980s. Can you believe that? <laughs> we actually left things behind when we went to the mission field that we just got to see again this week. Our wedding pictures, our children when they were young, different things like that. And it was kind of special. Actually, it loaded up our car a lot more now. <laughs> but we left it all behind. We didn't care. That stuff can sit in a warehouse and collect dust. <laughs> no big deal. Because we serve such an awesome God that requires us to go and serve him. Is everybody sitting out here going to go somewhere and be a missionary? Well, not necessarily to a foreign field. But God has called every single one of us here to go. Whether that's going to your boss or going to your neighbor or going to your cousin, God has called you to go. Take the message of salvation to that person. How are you going to look that person in the eye after you die and say, sorry, I didn't share with you the gospel. And now they're suffering and you're with the Lord. It's just, man, the urgency to share with others. Last night, as I was talking to Jose down in uh, Puebla, state of Mexico, He's our missionary in that area, uh, Jose and Ellie Lopez. It's just always a neat thing to talk to these guys because they always have a testimony that's fresh. <laughs> you know, uh, one of our youth got saved yesterday. He's a new youth. We're having a baptism next Sunday for eight of our youth that just came to Christ. <laughs> But he also says, pray for us, Mauricio, that recently got saved, is having a big struggle at home because nobody likes that he came to Christ. <laughs> nobody. But I see Mauricio, that's what Jose said, Mauricio, we're looking into Bible school for him because he wants to become a pastor. A guy that's been saved a month or two. Pray for Mauricio. He also says, pray for us. Our neighbors are rejecting us also. The, uh, the government, uh, you know, the city provides water. Well, the, they had a problem and the water got shut off for a week in their town. And then they start taking water to people on, with water trucks. And they fill up jugs. Well, because they're Christians, nobody would let them get water. <laughs> so Jose and Ellie had to go without water for a week. That's what it costs to be a Christian down in the state of Puebla and many other parts. 
In Muslim areas, it might cost you your life. In Mexico, it does not cost you your life, usually. Many have gone, uh, been killed for the faith in Mexico as well. But at this point, for the most part, it's just a rejection. You can't have water. You're a Christian. We don't like you. I'm not going to give it to you. That kind of thing. But Jose just said, pray for us. Basically, that the word would go out. Today, first he's preaching in Santa Maria. Then he's preaching at Nombre de Dios. And then in the evening he preaches. He's got another church group. We have it pretty good. God is at work. We don't have to complain. Not one complaint by Jose and Ellie. They're not saying, oh, poor us, we didn't have water for a week. No, it's pray for us that we will be a good testimony to these people. They're up to the challenge. In Bernal, uh, Luis and Lilia, those of you who have been there to Bernal to help us, you know, the project is complete. We have a church building. We have a house there. Uh, the work is continuing. Luis and Lilia are working hard with these people. They have a men's group. They have a ladies' group. Every Wednesday they go out and hand out tracts in the neighborhood. That's what he said. Every Wednesday they go out and give tracts out. Yesterday we had prayer walk. I wasn't able to go on the prayer walk. We had another commitment. But it was good to see on Facebook a couple updates by Pastor, uh, Pastor Andrew. And it's great to see you guys getting involved in the local community because you're going most churches today are not going. We need to go. And God will use you in a mighty way. But first we must die. Because when we die, when we learn that secret that it's not all about us, but it's all about Him, then we see things happen. We get close to God. We get to see Him firsthand meeting our needs. There's nothing better than living for Christ, living on the cutting edge, and seeing how God provides for you and uses you in the ministry. And that can happen right here in Garden Grove. You don't have to go very far. I saw so many Vietnamese signs out there, <laughs> and Korean, and other words I don't even understand. Do you understand what the word pho means in Vietnamese? I don't, but I see it all over the place. P-H-O. <laughs> We have it up where we live in Casper, a Vietnamese open a little restaurant about two blocks from our house. But anyway, go. First die, become that grain of wheat that falls to the ground and dies. Then you're going to produce what God wants to produce in your life. Remember, Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, 
that might be more uh, abundant. He doesn't want to just slaughter us and kill us for nothing. He wants to give us his life. Die to sin, but new life in Christ. Let's look at that famous verse again, 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation, or he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, or look, New things have come. When we come to Christ in repentance and we were forgiven. You know, I was raised, my dad was a forest ranger in the Northwest. We, we lived in Idaho and Utah and Oregon, Washington. One place we came to, there was actually a loving church that uh, somebody invited my dad to. We'd been going to like an American Baptist church, and it was really just kind of a religion type thing. And But we moved to this certain town, and then somebody, a believer, reached out to my dad and said, Hey, wouldn't you like to come with me to church? Anyway, that's the church where I received Christ. Why? Because a missionary came from Brazil, an American missionary back on furlough, came to speak. And he shared the gospel with me. But God had been preparing my heart. I'd already known uh, a lot of uh, scripture. We had a Bible, it was a Bible-believing church. They taught the word of God. I'd learned that God is holy, but that I was sinful. I'd learned that um, my sin was keeping me away from God. God is holy. I learned that God is just. He always does what is right. He would have to punish my sin, but he also provided a, a way of forgiveness through the Lord Jesus Christ. God is a rock. His work is perfect. When I say rock, it just means he's solid. He's forever. Big rocks just don't go away, you know. Have you ever seen big rocks? Down in Bernal, we had this famous for this big rock. Goes like from 2,000, it goes 2,000 feet up into the air. It's kind of a rock climbing uh, rock. Anyway, God is like that. He's solid. He's not going away. He's not going to crumble and fall to pieces very soon. God is established. God is on his throne and he rules. I like to play with the kids, and I put my foot on Taylor and say, I'm the king. You know, he gets the idea. <laughs> anyway, that's what God, God is our king. God is overall. There's no one higher. And, you know, you can be intellectual about it and try to think, oh, and well, something had to happen to create this world. I don't know who it is, but... Just come to the Word of God, which has all the answers. You don't have to go anywhere else. Don't have to figure this out. As you give towards missions this year, or go, make that be your calling, whether it's going, 
locally or going foreign, go. God doesn't give us that option. He says, go. He's saying to you this morning, you've got to go. Maybe you haven't gone, but get involved. I know when we were here on furlough, I started going across the street here, knocking on doors, and I found most of them were uh, Latin American immigrants, for the most part, living in the apartments across the street here. And so I was able to talk to them in their own language, of course give out tracts, invite them to church. How easy is that? You know, I think we did Tuesday nights. <laughs> it was fun. Is it hard? Yes, it might be hard. It's hard to open your mouth to share the gospel. Satan doesn't want you to do that. There's a spiritual battle out there, and you're going to face it if you're willing to step out and go as God has called you. But God has promised, I will be with you, even to the end of the age. Hey, I kind of got off. Back to Titus chapter 2. Titus two eleven. For the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people, instructing us to deny godlessness and worldly lusts and to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in this present age, while we wait for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Can you believe it? God provided the way. He says, my grace is sufficient for you. <laughs> no matter what your trouble is, God will take care of it. My grace is sufficient. He says here, grace has appeared with salvation for all people. We're going to suffer. We live in an ungodly world. Our health deteriorates. We're going down. But if you know Christ, you're going up. <laughs> and that's the neat thing about it. The grace of God has appeared with salvation through Jesus for all people. What's going to happen to those people that don't hear the gospel? What's going to happen to those people way back in the woods that need Christ? And we don't go. God just calls us to share the gospel wherever we are, wherever we go. Sometimes it means making a trip. I love to take people on missions trips. You know why? Because they catch the vision. They get out of their element, out of their comfort zone, into a new country where they can actually, hmm, take another look and depend on God. They see how God is answering prayer because there are needs to be met. <laughs> they see how the, the foreigner, the foreign believer lives and the foreign non-believer lives. And they say, wow, I spent a week, a month, an internship living out here. <laughs> and then they go back home enthused and excited and that kind of rubs off on some more people. Pretty soon the church 
decides, hmm, God is for real. God has told us to go. People, let's continue what it says here. To deny godlessness and godliness, worldly lusts, deny that. Just forget it. You don't need all that stuff. And live for God while we wait in the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ is returning. You'll see it all throughout our New Testament. Christ is coming back to reign. He gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and cleanse for himself a special people. Are you a part of that special people group? Eager to do good works? Then he can... Uh, Chapter 2 concludes, Say these things and encourage and rebuke, rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Paul said to Titus, Teach these things to the church, to the believers, as we wait for the appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, where to tarry till he comes, doing good works, sharing Christ with people, loving people for Christ. And that's what we want to do. Let's pray together. Father, you have called us to go. It is not an option. We must go. And we also must die because you've called us to die to self and live to Christ. You've called us to live holy and pure, just as you are holy and pure. Help us to shine like lights in this world. Father, you've called us to be light and salt. Help us to do that. Wherever we go, may we proclaim the love of Christ to the nations. Thank you for the missionaries that have come to share. Bless each one, we pray. And thank you for your church here in Garden Grove, Village Bible. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.